figured I would just sit down and just, you know, fuck it. Let's let's do a podcast. Hello? Really? We should do a podcast. Hello? Hey, this would be a great podcast. Let's fun. Let's do it. Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Cliffy? Hello, Cliffy? It's podcast time. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Are you listening? This is episode one. Clippy, it's Grandma Clip Clip. No way. I think it's gonna be terrible. Clicky boom boom down. Clip, this is your uncle Clip Clip. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. Terrible. The one and the only. The Jenny Boy. Positivity is for fucking assholes. My little baby boy. Did you write La Poopy? Baby Butter Boy. On one of the sausage sandwiches. Womack style. Hey, Leo. Lindy. This sandwich says La Poopy on it. I love you. What are you trying to serve here? Toggling your balls. Any tips? Toggling your balls. For eating abroad. Uh, toggling his balls. Uh, just below your nipple. Wait a minute. The biggest one yet. Grown ass adults. Toggle your balls. Wearing sports jerseys. Toggling your balls. The road rash book. Fifty shades of gray. Hot and twilight. The biggest one yet. Tremendous talent. Lindy. Oh my god. I got a little getting even to do. It's going to be outrageous. Kindness matters. Your grandmother. La Balena Blanca Bastante. Great Donnell Winslow. With a capable whitefish. Lippy baseball. The whitefish is semen. Lippy. The whitefish is semen. Sweet Fern piss stains. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Knob, New Hampshire. Sweet Arnold P. Quackers. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. <laughs> That's how you get blisters. Fauntleroy Fuckleberry, and of course, Womack style. Anus Von Sweets. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Yeah, you got y'all got rat tat twilly. Bibleopoly clip. Everybody down! Boggle, you balls. We got bigs at three o'clock! The oatmeal tasting booth. Get to your foxholes, goddammit! Boggling your balls. Hello, sixties, my old friend. Boggle, you balls. Baby butter boy. <laughs> I'm better than a lot of people. The biggest and the best. And I just want to point that out. You goddamn butter boy, son of a bitch. Cliff, this is Cliffbot 9000. I can't get a fuck out of you, son of a bitch. Wouldn't you like an oatmeal taste? Your grandmother just told me the good news. Oh, look up, look down, freak out, freak out, yeah. Helmet mayonnaise. Ever came up with fry yay? The rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air. I hate you. And a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. It's partly cloudy. Hashtag blessed. Puzzle, you balls. I call it the Butter Boy Express. Womack style. Ching ching money. Me. Me. You. My so called friends. The Womack family holiday spectacular. Happy to pop in and say hi. And now here's the birthday boy. Oh, thank you, Dr. Duxtable. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's loud. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome to the Birthday Boy Podcast. Episode 56, July 27. July 24th. I say I, I entered the wrong date on my file name. Ah, uh, perfect. I hate that. I hate that. Hey, what the fuck? What happened? 
I had the son of a bitch. Son of a son of a bitch, Cliff is. Those baseball season's back in action, and I, I can't even watch the goddamn ball game, Cliffy. Because my fucking Roku's turned off for some reason. I'm trying to watch the goddamn uh, baseball broadcast, Cliffy boy. I mean, wow, Jesus Christ, Cliff. Yeah, seriously, I, I am trying to put on... You know, I gotta have my TVs. I gotta have my TVs on the... Uh, on the subject matter, on the content that I so desire, so that I can focus 100% of my attention on this podcast. I need to have several TVs on so I can really give the podcast the attention that it deserves. Uh, let's see here. N-E-S. Good old Nesson. There we go. Click, click. Bloop, blop. Bleep, bloop, blop. Bloop. Bloop, 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 bleep. And I guess I'll put on the other TV, ESPN. Yeah, that's fine. I suppose that's fine. Oh, I guess the volume's up. Let's turn that down. That's such a... If this isn't the most well-oiled podcast out there, I don't know what is. All right, I got stuff to talk about. Let's let's jump into it. Uh, how's everybody? How you doing? Eh, it's great. Great. It's great. Uh, let's see. You know what? I forgot to mention last week. Uh, I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that it seemed like Bork was on the way out. Bork and Grau. Uh, we knew that definitely Grau was leaving. We weren't too certain about Bork, but then we saw Bork showing up and, you know, schlepping some stuff out to his car. Uh, and I can, I can confirm officially 100% Bork and Grau have moved out. They're gone. They're out of here. I can hear that fucking... I can hear that fucking uh, radio playing out in the other room. Can you hear that? I can hear it in my headphones. I can hear it in my cans. That 40s junction. That's dinner music. Oh, it's, it's the best. We, we Usually it's just a handful of things. Uh, we might listen to uh, Sirius XM Chill. I love that channel. That's a great... It's it's exactly what you think it is. It's just it's just chill out music. It's great, just electronic. Uh, it's it's so nice. Uh, seriously, Sinatra, because usually around dinner time is when uh, Nancy for Frank is on. I enjoy that. My serious programming and uh, 40s Junction, because you're the thing about Seriously Sinatra is y you get a lot of Frank Sinatra, but then you get like you get like Barbara Streisand, and then sometimes they'll put on like Barry Manilow. And I'm like, what do you do? Who's programming this? You know, the Pandora uh, Sirius station is bad enough because they throw in like uh, they throw in Motown. When you go to the Pandora station for Frank Sinatra, they start playing a few songs in. They start playing like uh, like Marvin Gaye, which is fine. I love I love Motown. I love Marvin Gaye. I love all that stuff. But I just I you know you go to the channel and you want to hear the music that sounds like the thing that the channel is named after. So when I go you, you go to you go to you go to Sinatra's Pandora station, you want to hear Sinatra and maybe some Dean Martin, maybe some Ella Fitzgerald. I could take some Billie Holiday, some Louis Armstrong, some Bing Crosby, Sammy Davis Jr. You know those kind of guys. That's what I want to hear, and I don't want to fucking hear Michael Bublé either. Fuck that guy. 
you know, maybe some Tony Bennett once in a while. Not not a lot, though. Not a lot, let's be honest. I mean, I saw him in concert. It was fine. He's a, He is an icon. He's a legend. He's, you know, he's fine. Uh, anyways, but I don't want to hear Motown. I don't want to hear... You know, I, I want to hear the standards. I want to hear the stuff that sounds like Sinatra. You wouldn't... Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get why Motown snuck its way into the Frank Sinatra Pandora channel. Uh, but seriously, Sinatra, you know, they they play the stuff that sounds like Sinatra, but then they put on... Yeah, they put... You know, Bette Midler shows up. And I'm like, oh, come on. And then uh, Andy. What's his name? Andy... Uh, Andy's, you know, Christmas albums. What's his name? Andy. Andy with the Christmas album. What the hell is his name? Andy. Uh, God, who am I thinking of? Andy. Uh, Christmas. Andy. I typed in Andy Christmas. Andy Williams. That's not who I'm thinking of, though. There's a, there's a guy. There's a particular guy. Oh, Jesus. Johnny. I mean, Johnny Mercer, but that's... Uh, who cares? Who am I thinking of? The guy, he's still alive. He's a fucking guy. He's still alive, and he sings terrible Christmas songs that I hate. Who's the guy? Who the fuck is that guy? This is driving me crazy. This is the podcast, and I'm not deleting this. I'm not backing. I was going to stop recording so I could get angry, but why not just record so you see what a idiot I am. Who's the fucking guy? He does Christmas music and he sings about Christmas and he's got kind of big hair. He's still alive. Ah, ah, God, God damn it. I feel like it's, I still feel like it's Andy. He's in the same kind of thing. Andy Williams Christmas music. Andy Williams similar to Andy Williams I, it just comes up with Andy Williams. <sighs> Tony. Tony Montana. No, it's something like that, though. Montana Brown. Oh, Mathis? Is it Johnny Mathis? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, maybe that's him. God damn it, you know something? When you highlight something on a computer, it should just highlight the thing. And then you... you know. Is it Johnny Mathis? Is this the guy? Is that the guy? That's not the guy. What's... Wait a minute. What's the Christmas album by this fuck? Oh, maybe that is him. What's... Is this him? Oh, Jesus, just play the song, you... Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's him. Oh, he's awful. Anyway, Johnny Mathis. You know, you're you're bound to hear some Johnny Mathis. You, you know, they sometimes they play these fucking guys, these old hack guys, who like the only reason that anybody even still knows who any of these shitheads are, the Johnny Mathis, the Andy Williams, like all these fucking terrible sounding goons, is because of their Christmas music. And that's it. I mean, Sinatra is Sinatra. He's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be famous. He's going to be famous forever. Here, here's this Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis Christmas. What's the, what's the big one? Is this the guy that I'm thinking of? I still think there's somebody else. I, I don't know. 
He just has. I believe we can be more sensitive. Yeah, no, that's him. It's... What is this? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's his. That's his. But that's not the fucking song that's he's popular for. Jesus Christ! Why? Why does the computer not know anything? That's not the fucking. Oh, here it is. Wait, is this it? Yeah, yeah. This is him. Fucking awful. I hear his voice and I want to stab my eyeballs. Why? So that I don't have to see his face. <laughs> uh, I'm very tired. I'm very tired, ladies and gentlemen. This is a horrible first 12 minutes of the podcast. But I'm not changing it. I'm not going back. No. No, not going to do it. I'm doing it one... It was, this is one take Johnny. This is what you got here today on the Birthday Boy Podcast. You got one take Johnny. And, and you know, that's the other thing that sucks about this Johnny Mathis. His fucking name is Johnny. Fuck you. You don't deserve that name. That's a cool name. Johnny's a cool name. John's a cool name. The whole thing. John, Johnny, those are cool names. And you are not cool. And you don't deserve Johnny, you prick. Johnny Mathis. Anyway, uh, so I, so back to the 40s Junction. I like 40s Junction because you're not going to hear Johnny fucking Mathis. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, you're not going to hear Andy Williams. Sounds the same. What's Andy Williams? <laughs> he sucks, too. Andy Williams... Christmas. Uh, what's the what's the big? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Fucking awful. This fucking sack of shit took his voice and said, "Hey, you know I have a pretty good voice. I should go up there and sing." And then he made a bunch of fucking money. These Christmas songs. The guy probably hasn't been alive in 70 years. And he's making these Christmas... This fucking stupid song. Johnny Mathis and Andy Williams. That's the kind of shit that you end up hearing on Seriously Sinatra from time to time. Uh, so so sometimes I get, I get a little pissed off at Seriously Sinatra on Sirius XM. I should be programming that channel. You want If you want to really... And sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they play... Shut up, Andy. And sometimes they play, uh, you know, the old classic Rat Pack, uh, you know, the concerts live at the Sands Hotel. You know, when they're just they're just having a little fun, folks. Just trying to have a little fun, folks. You know, and Dean Martin is, you know, he's so, like, he's so likable and such a personable guy. And Frank Sinatra is just so, you can just, you can hear how jealous Frank Sinatra is of anyone and everyone who even remotely gets a laugh or an applause or any kind of attention that he's not getting. He, you can just hear it. You because you know these personality types, these megalomaniacal fuckheads. And Frank Sinatra was an asshole. I love Frank Sinatra. He's like top five. He's top five for me forever. Always will be. Um, and I enjoy Dean Martin's songs, but I like I like Dean Martin the person better than I like Frank Sinatra the person, but I like Frank Sinatra the entertainer, performer, more than I like Dean Martin. <laughs> Who cares? Anyway, so I put on this 40s junction because it's just it's just the 40s music. It's just that music from that era, and it's all 
it's all wonderful. And my, my kids love it too, which is like, oh, it makes me so happy. And I, and I don't know what their opinions are of Andy Williams or Johnny, uh, whoever I just did, Mathis. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure they would hate them. They suck, Andy Williams. Let's get a little... Oh, yeah. By the way, this should... It's... Uh, what, do you, what do you call that uh, when it's like six months from your birthday? Is that a half birthday? Yeah. Well, it's halfway there. So, yeah, that's exactly what the fuck it is, idiot. Idiot, birthday boy, idiot. It's so it's the half. Uh, well, it's I'm not the half birthday, but my birthday was two months ago. So, uh, but it's half. Uh, wait, no, it's not. It's July. It's five months. It's more than half. Wow, we're more than halfway to Christmas. Five months from today. Guess who's coming to town? Oh, yeah. Well, I was, I was hoping that it would have left off at a better part. Old St. Nick, that's... Thanks. Thanks again, Andy Williams, you fuck, you fucking asshole. I just, I, one thing I wanted you to do was just to say Old St. Nick right when I hit the play button on my YouTube. This is off to a great start. We're 17, 17 minutes of shit on this podcast. Just pure shit. God, I'm in a mood today. I'm in a fucking mood today. Milwaukee and Chicago. That's the baseball game that's on ESPN. Wow! If you thought it was boring with thousands of people screaming in the stadium, wait till you see the shit with nobody there. It's it's every bit as boring as you always knew it was, except now with the literal crickets to go to accompany the absolute nothing happening for four hours. Uh, but the wait a minute, the Red Sox are starting now. What are, oh no no, they're just uh, okay, just introducing the team. Okay, fine. Fine. Celtics game is over. Thunder wins. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Who's, you know, oh, you know, Colin Cowherd. Oh, I think the, uh, I can't do his, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield. That's all I can do. I can do Colin Cowherd saying Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, in life, sometimes. Anyway, uh, you know, no, everybody has just as good a chance of winning in the basketball thing. Like they've been, it's it's been an off season. It's been five months since these people. What is this? March, April, May, June, July. Over five. Uh, wait, wait, wait. March, April, May, June, July. That's one, two, three. What is that? One, two, three, four. Four months. Four months. And you think that everybody's just going to, like, jump right back in, like, right exactly where they were in March? Just pick up exactly where they left off? Like, the records are meaningless. Sorry, they're meaningless. They should have just thrown every goddamn team into that bubble and just go crazy. No more, no regular season. I think they should have just, <laughs> they should have just set up, based on, based on the standings from March, they should have taken every team in the league and matched them up and seeded them one to thirty-two seated them. You know, have the East, have the West. So I guess one to sixteen in every in every uh, you know in each conference, right? And just seeing where the fuck, what chaos ensues from that, as like you know the Charlotte Hornets upset the Celtics and go on to win the NBA championship. That wouldn't happen. Even even the Hornets don't have a chance in this. I mean, they're not in it. But if if they were, they whatever. So, so that's what they should have done. And just, just chaos. That's what I want to see. I want to see every team. They should have just thrown every team like a, like a tournament one day. Oh, and one game, by the way. One and done. 
They should have taken every team in the NBA. <laughs> you got so you've got you know thirty. So what do you have? What do you have? Sixteen matchups, right? Sixteen opening round matchups. You could have had those games over the course of sixteen days. Have one, maybe two games a night. I don't know. Over the course of a week, you whittle that down to the semifinal. And then you have eight games. It just to do it, you know, similar to the NCAA tournament. You know, maybe they're only maybe the games are only on Saturday and Sunday. You know, maybe the first round is like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You get a couple games on Thursday, a couple Friday, and a whole day of games on Saturday and Sunday, and then, uh, and then you whittle down to the the elite. You know, you, the elite, elite eight in each conference. So you've got you know those games. So you got eight. So you got four games on a Saturday, four games on a Sunday. And then you got two games on a Saturday and two games on a Sunday. Then and then you got the fun. And then like by like I don't know Labor Day, the NBA season is over and you've got champions and it's just complete chaos. And then they can go back home and rest. And then you can like start the regular season, you know, maybe at Christmas or something. I don't know. What's happening? Are we on? And three, two, one. Oh, welcome to the Birthday Boy Podcast, everybody. I don't even know. I'm just 20 minutes in. I haven't talked about anything. What are we talking about? Andy Williams? The Celtics? The NBA Finals? Uh, that would have been just chaos, though. Just to have just a one, a single elimination. <laughs> just throw everybody in. Every single team. The records. Who gives a shit? We're going we're gonna to seed you based on your record in March. But really, who cares? We're just throwing you all in there. And then, you know, see what happens. And it would have been just complete, just nuts. It would have been nuts. Just total chaos. Craziness. I should be running the NBA. You know what else I should be running? I should be running HBO. And I'll tell you why. Actually, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you why from the other day. I did this, this half-ass recording. I, I, I got to get a, a drink of water. I recorded this while I was out for a walk when the, when the kiddo was at uh, dance, her dance lesson rehearsal, whatever you call it, you know, after they uh, had to do Zoom dance class for three months. And I thought, okay, well, you know, we'll do that from the kitchen. They're not really, you know, there won't be a recital, but they'll do some Zoom dance and maybe a virtual recital or something. And then we'll call it a day because recital would normally be like around June 1st every year. And, uh, and, and around July 1st was when they ended the Zoom calls. They took a week off and then said, okay, we're going to be in the dance studio, socially distanced, wearing masks, all this stuff. I probably talked about this. And there were a couple of rules. And one of the rules was uh, we're not going to allow parents to come in. With the exception of all the, all the fucking parents who keep going in with no masks on and sitting there and watching the kids. I'm fucking furious. And... Uh, and so now there's a recital on August 15th. So it's like it's the never-ending dance season that started sometime in September is going to end in August. <sighs> and they're just not... They're not doing what they said. They not, they're not doing... No parents, except there's a bunch of parents who keep going in. And, uh, you know, everybody's going to line up 10 minutes before dance. Great, great, great. And we're going to come out. We're going to take your kids' temperatures with the no-touch thermometer thing. And then we will escort them in. That's wonderful. None of that's happening. I had to go and put my hand on the disgusting fucking YMCA door. And then and then the guy let, you know, and then the guy at the desk takes her temperature. And then she goes on in. It's like, okay, great. So anyway, so I was out for a walk whilst... Uh, let's see, where was this? This was from Wednesday. I was out for a walk while 
uh, while the, the dance thing was happening because I don't know I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do with myself. Uh, so so here's me, and this is why I say to you, I should be running HBO. In addition to running the NBA, at least at least the COVID season of the NBA, I should be running because you know we'll get it over with. Lickety split, post haste, chop chop, hippity bip, whatever you know, whatever the thing is that you say, and uh, you know, and we'll have great TV ratings because you just be watching all these crazy upsets and who knows what's going to happen. Oh my God, this so and so is a limit. LeBron, the Lakers got eliminated in the first round by the by the you know by the Spungos. So, anyways, I should be running the NBA and I should be running HBO because I've got some ideas. Here's a little uh, here's a little free advice for HBO, HBO Max. You want you want everybody watching this HBO Max? I mean they already are, but you want even more people watching HBO Max? Here's a couple free ideas, courtesy of me. You'd steal them and you're gonna make a zillion dollars. Get the fuck to work with Howard Stern in some way, shape, or form, and make a private parts. You know the movie, the book. Make a goddamn series. Oh my god, are you kidding me? A Howard Stern series, obviously, he needs to be on board with that and sign off. But there it is. There's, there's a great idea. That's a great idea. Make Private Parts the series on HBO. The sky's the limit. There's no, there's no limits. There's no end to what you could do. Uh, the next one, another, here's another winner, another classic. They've got all these remakes. Magnum PI, Hawaii Five O. MacGyver, all those, all those other stupid shows from the eighties, and, and those are fine shows, whatever. Fucking, and and, and and this is for HBO. Miami Vice, what are you doing? Uh, Michael Mann, you know he made that movie with Jamie Foxx and somebody else, Colin Farrell. Make the Miami Vice series, reboot it, but do it on HBO so it can really be fucking Miami Vice, not not. Not 8 p.m. Uh, prime time Thursday night, ABC or CBS, whatever NBC. Not that version. Do the real version. I guess maybe the Peacock Network would have rights. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. But somebody, Miami Vice, take it. The really really make it so you can really make Miami Vice. Put it on HBO. Put it on one of those things where you don't need to worry about you know censoring. All the things that make Miami Vice, Miami Vice. But have the, uh, you know, have the same chemistry between Crockett and Tubbs that you had with with Don Johnson and, uh, what is it, Philip Michael Thomas? Jan Michael Michaels? Anyway, you know, and make it, listen, I'm walking around here, I'm watching these, like, little prop planes take off and land from the Nashua Airport. Yeah, you have, uh... You have a white line. You know, there's there's all this great new synth music that's out there. You know, the white lies and that kind of thing. There's so many great soundtracks. You don't have to make it in the 80s. You can make it today. But make it feel like the 80s by playing a lot of newer synth music and mix it in with some 80s. You know, those Crockett, Crockett and Tubbs' uh, kids now work together. Uh, come, come on. Have a... Uh, have, uh, you know, the kid from Ballers, Denzel Washington's son. That's Tubbs. And then, uh, I don't know. Have a, have a female Crockett. That'd be nice, right? That'd be fun. 
I don't care. I don't care. Have Crockett and Tubbs, the HBO version, where, you know, they're in sports cars with a thumping synth beat from White Lies playing. They're chasing the, uh, you know, they're chasing the getaway. They're driving the, <laughs> they're driving the fucking Crockett's Ferrari on a, on a runway, on a private runway somewhere, trying to outrun a plane that's about to take off, filled with the drugs, the cartels, drugs and money and whatever, going back to, back to Cuba, back to Cuba. And then the, you know, Tubbs leaps from the sunroof onto the plane and climbs in somehow. And then fights the ninjas on the plane. <laughs> and then lands the plane. Come on, back to basics. It's absurd. That's what that's what the people need right now. I think they need absurd. That's just my idea. You reboot Miami Vice. You put it on fucking HBO. There you go. And I've just made you $17 trillion with two ideas. Here on the Out of Breath Birthday Boy podcast. Just do it. Just make Howard Stern. Can you imagine Howard Stern's Private Parts, the series, which can just go on forever, like Kirby Enthusiasm, since he's still on the air, since there's still chapters to be written, just, you know, they can go forever. I hope if and when Howard Stern retires from radio, I hope that's what he focuses on, making a series out of Private Parts, his whole life story. God, that would be good. And then Miami Vice, you know, we don't need to see Magnum P.I. on ABC or whatever the hell network is on. I don't need to see MacGyver on CBS. I'm going to make a parachute out of a box of diapers. Great. Thanks. We got some awesome. Yeah, go MacGyver. Anyway, uh, make these things happen and you're insured, you're guaranteed success. And riches beyond your wildest imagination. How do I know? Because I watch a lot of TV. That's how. So, so there you go. Uh, you know, it's a little idea. And uh, boy, I tell you, I would love. I, that's a show I'd watch. Howard Stern's Private Parts, the series on HBO Max, and uh, Miami Vice on HBO Max. How about how about here's Sonny Crockett. Played by Charlize Theron, because you know they'd have to they'd have to update it a little bit. It wouldn't you know something something a little you know for today for today's modern uh, TV viewer in twenty twenty. Uh, and then yeah, I think the, I think the Denzel Washington's kid, who was in the Black KKKK Klansmen and uh, Ballers and all that stuff, he would be I think he'd be great. He'd be a great Tubbs. Anyway, so there you go, HBO. There's a little free from me to you. I should be running, uh, you know, put me in charge of the NBA and HBO and the Birthday Boy podcast. I'll do all of those things from my from my uh, swanky New York office, Midtown office. Okay, so, oh, uh, Bork. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, we do go we do go off on a tangents here in the Birthday Boy podcast. Uh, so Bork, he's gone. He's officially gone. It was about, jeez, uh, it was sometime I think the middle of last week. That Bork, Bork actually okay. So we, we we were speculating this for quite some time. We thought it looks like Bork's on his way out. Grau is definitely gone, and I can confirm that they're all they're both gone. They're out of here. 
And the, the final confirmation was it was late in the day on a uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday last week. And there's a knock on the door. Well, what the fuck is this? I usually don't answer the door. But I looked through the little peephole. I said, as a kid in a mask, I think that's Bork. Well, I think, I think that's Bork. And so I opened the door and it was Bork. And his name is, uh, I don't know if that's correct. I think his name's Jordan. He goes, my name's, he goes, hi, I'm, I'm your neighbor. I'm Jordan. And, uh, I don't need these cards for the, for the laundry machine. And I said, oh, thanks. And I said, and I said, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, you're leaving. You're out of here. And he goes, yeah, you know, moving to, uh, to Brookline. Going, that's nice. Out in the country, out in, uh, you know, Whiteyville, USA. It's lovely out there, but it's, it's a little weird. I went to a 4th of July parade in Brookline. And that's Brookline, New Hampshire, not Massachusetts. Big, 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 big difference. Big, big, big difference. Uh, then I said, okay, well, that's great. Good luck. It's very affordable, too. You're in the Hollis Brookline schools, but you don't have to pay the, you know, you don't have to pay the cost of living in Hollis. You're the next town over, but you get the same benefits. The schools, eh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm like, oh, that's great, Bork. I didn't say Bork. Uh, so he's leaving, and I, you know, good luck. That's nice. And uh, and I said, excuse me. <laughs> he, he left, and then he was he was getting into the car, and I'm realizing this is the last time I'm ever going to see the Bork-mobile. There's the Bork license plate he's getting. Bork's out of here. So I threw open the, uh, you know, the sliding door, and I ran out onto the patio. And I said, hey, Jordan, which was very strange. To call Bork Jordan was so weird. I almost yelled, hey, Bork. I said, hey, Jordan. I said, uh, I got to ask you. This is it. This is my last chance. I'm never going to see Bork ever again. You know, I'm going to drive around Brookline looking for Bork. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, Bork's going his on his new Bork adventures, and I'm going on mine, which is, you know, I don't know, season two of the Birthday Boy podcast. So, so this is my last chance to talk to... It's the first time I've ever talked to Bork, and it's the last time. So I got to I gotta make my move here. I said, excuse me, uh, J- Jordan, can I ask you a question? He goes, sure. Super. He's also super fucking nice, too. Would have been a lovely guy over the last several years to actually get to know this guy. He's a lovely fellow, very, very sweet guy, kind man, um, and I said, uh, can I ask, the, the license plate there, Bork, I notice it's Bork, your license plate is Bork, what's, uh, what's the significance of Bork, and he told me, and he said, he went with Bork, because Bark was taken, no joke, he wanted, he loves dogs, even though he doesn't have a dog, he loves dogs, and he wanted a license plate that said Bark, and Bark was taken. And so they said, uh, uh, hey, well, Bork's available. <laughs> and he said, okay, I'll take Bork. And he said, you know, and, and he named some dog that he likes. I don't know, they're all terrible. But he named some dog that he likes. And he said, uh, he said, but really the dog, the, whatever this dog was, actually the the bark sounds more like Bork, so it so it fit even better. And I said, oh, okay, whatever. Oh, I didn't say that. I said, well, that's great. Nice to meet you, J- Jeremy. Jordan. Jordan. Uh, best of luck to you. See you later. 
And then, and then that was it. And just like that, just as mysteriously as he came into my life, Bork was gone. But I got to find out why the Bork license. I wish I had seen Growl. I would have liked to know. I mean, maybe did he want, like, <laughs> Growl? And they didn't have that, so he just went with Growl? Is it, like, Bark and Growl? Uh, that's I, That would make some sense. So growl was taken and bark, so they went with bork and growl. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Who the hell? Okay, that's good. That's so. That's what happened. That's bork, bork, bork. Uh, so bork's out of here. Bork is officially gone. I will never see bork again, or will I? Who knows? Maybe you never know. Who someday maybe the bork will be a guest on the podcast to tell me all about the bork license plate to really get into the details of bork. I tell you who I did see, who's not, who's anything but out of my life, who is very much a part of my life for the foreseeable future, many, many years to come, I'm sure. And that's my old pal, my old buddy, my old chum, Freddie Fistbump. Old Freddie Fistbump. By the way, on the same note, I haven't seen Princess PJs in weeks. I don't know what happened to her. I don't know what happened to Princess PJs. Maybe she's on vacation. Maybe she's on some kind of PJ party, uh, Hawaiian-style vacation. I don't know. But I haven't seen Princess PJs in a while, which is okay because, uh, you know, she's, you know, just had a had a new, a new pal coming in every night. Whatever. Relatives, pals, friends. Princess PJs was never alone. She always had some, some buddies with her. Getting their grubby, greasy, gross hands all over the place. And who knows, who knows what else. Anyway, so she's, uh, who knows? Uh, Freddy, F- Freddy, F- <laughs> Freddy Fist Bump S- bump- bumped into him the other day at uh, good old Shaw's. And uh, for anybody who's who knows me personally has seen pictures of me recently, uh, yeah, the mohawk is, is really, it's really taken form here. I'm looking at it in the mirror right now. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. It's a, it's a pretty impressive uh, physical specimen, the whole package, really, from head to toe. You've never seen anything like me. And so, Jesus Christ, I'm 30 minutes, 38 minutes into this podcast. I've done, I've talked about nothing. We're going to wrap it up soon because I got all this other stuff I want to screaming about Christmas music. Well, it's five months until Christmas Eve, like I said. We should be, it's Christmas in July. We should be celebrating the magical holiday and this disgusting heat and humidity. So I saw Freddy fist bump and uh, over by the seafood and he's sweeping and mopping and all that shit. And he's got his big mask on. I got my mask on. And, and now he knows it's me. He didn't recognize me at first when the Mohawk was pretty short and I just had the mask on. He didn't know it was me. Um, you know, maybe I should wear like a baseball cap or something. Uh, anyway, but now he sees the mohawk with the mask, and he knows for sure that it's me, because nobody else has this fucking, you know, dead cat on their head like I do. And it sticks straight up, because that's what my hair does. And so, so Freddy fist bump, and I can't fucking, you know, I got my earbuds in, I'm trying to listen to stuff, I'm trying to listen to my podcasts. Uh, there's music playing in the grocery store, there's people, there's noise. And he's got a mask on, and I've got a mask on. I'm like, I can't fucking hear you. And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, what? 
So uh, he gets a little closer to me, and he's asking me, he's like, how do you get your hair to stand up like that? And I'm like, what? And he goes, and he's pointing to my head, and he's like, he's like, how do you do that? And I'm like, oh, my hair? I'm like, it's just natural. And he goes, no, your hair. I mean your hair. How do you get your hair? Just And I'm like, I'm actually like touching my hair at this point. I'm like, this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, it just does that. And he's like, no, how do you get it to do that? And I'm like, it fucking just does. I'm telling you how. I'm telling you right now, you idiot. You friggin' idiot. I'm telling you. It just stands up. And he's like, no, your hair. And I'm like, what do you think? And then I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm crazy. He's not talking about my hair at all. He's talking about, is he asking about my my earbuds? My glasses? How do I get my glasses to stay? My mask, I'm wearing a Halloween custom-made mask that Kimmy made me months ago. So I lean in closer, but not too close. And I'm like, what are you saying? And he's like, how do you get your hair to stand up? And I'm like, what the fuck do you think I'm answering you this whole time? I'm telling you, it's just my hair. That's what it does. It just, it stands up. It just fucking stands up. What do you want from me? I want to finish shopping. I want to go home. I don't want to get COVID. You're, t you're too close. You're too close, Freddy. You're too close. The no fist bumps. No fist bump. Fuck. No. How do you get your hair? Shut up. <sighs> So it just went on like that forever. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun for me. Didn't waste any time. I wasn't trying to get shit done so I could get the fuck out of a busy grocery store and go home. So I definitely was happy and appreciative of my conversation with Freddy fucking fist fuck, whatever his name is, asking me about my hair while I'm answering him about my hair. And then he proceeds to ask me more about the same question about my hair that I've already answered nine times. So it was really fun. Nice to see him. Nice to see you, Freddy. Deep breaths. In and out. In and out. Oh. <clears throat> ah, that's better. In and out. <clears throat> now my... Yeah, I can't do the... Mm. Ah, that's... <clears throat> where are those golden pipes? Is that... I believe I've found them. Ah, in with the good... And out with the bad. All right, Freddy Fist done. Cross that off the uh, Bork. We talked about Bork. Done. What else? I, I feel like I have. See, I have. I take notes on my notepad when I'm near my notepad, and then I take notes on my on my uh, phone mostly because that's. Uh, what, what does it say here? Killing a mosquito in the air. So satisfying. 40 years of killing mosquitoes in the air, and I still feel like every bit the hero today as the first time I ever did it. I got him. That's my note. I think I'm, I was supposed to do something about how enjoyable it is to, even after all these years, to like, you know, smacking a mosquito on the table is good. Smacking him in midair is like, you've really achieved something. You've really accomplished something. That's like... That's like, uh, oh, that's like person, woman, man, camera, TV, that level of achievement when you can just, he's right there, boom, I got him, and his blood's all over my hands, and now I will drink the blood of my mosquito enemy. 
it's I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I guess that was the joke that I wrote down that I thought was so important that I had to write that down and then talk about it on the podcast. It is enjoyable, though. 40 years of killing mosquitoes. It's just as fun today as it was. Well, I don't want to say fun, but it's as satisfying and rewarding today as it was the first time I did it when I was a little kid because you feel like, you did, I did it! I fucking did it! I got him! He's dead! He's never coming back! There's going to be 12 more soon enough, but he, this one's never coming back. So that's a nice, you know, that's a nice feeling, I guess. So I, I wrote that down. Uh, what else did I write down here? Why do we have multisyllabic numbers? Seven. Sometimes I count syllables in a word, and it fucks me all up and down. Couldn't have just been sev? Then eleven has to have fucking four syllables. That's the same as that's the same amount as one hundred or one hundred. So I guess. I guess what I'm trying to say in this note that's about three weeks old is, yeah, you, you've got one, two, three, four, then five, then you got six. That's nice. Eight, nine, ten. You got ten numbers, and, and nine of them have one syllable, which is nice. When you're counting, it's like, eh. You get seven. There's two syllables. Then you got eleven. That's four syllables. Then you've got, then you've got, you know, uh, imagine saying 111. You know, you go 99. That's three syllables. Then you go one, 100. Oh, I guess that's also three syllables. But 111? <laughs> that's seven. That's seven syllables. That's a lot of syllables. 112. <laughs> Five. That's only five syllables. We're really, I don't know. I don't know why it couldn't have just been like a, like a sev. One, two, three, four, five, six, sev. Eight, nine, ten, elev. I mean, if you really need to make eleven multiple syllables, elev would have been fine. Sev, elev. I'm going over to get some, uh, hey, uh, I'm going to get some of them uh, USA Gold Light hundreds in a scratch-off ticket at sev, elev. Took a fraction of the time to say that. Well, get my get a bowl of chili, <laughs> some dinty more beef stew. Oh yeah, my USA Gold Light and hundreds and my scratcher tickets. Yeah, give me, give me twenty-seven, give me twenty-seven of them, uh, of them lucky sev, lucky sevs. Oh, God, I hated that. Oh, my God, and the people. You know this, but having worked at Stewart's, the people buying those fucking scratch-off tickets, God, you have to be a special kind of piece of shit to just willingly take the money of these of these imbeciles. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess if I invented scratch-off cards, I'd take their money too because they're the only ones buying them. You don't see, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into this, like, classist thing. But there's a majority of people buying scratch-off tickets, and it's the ones who should be buying anything but scratch-off tickets. I've purchased, like, three scratch-off tickets in my life, I think, if even that. And I think they were all at times that I worked at Stewart's, and I thought, hey, okay, I'll do this. I'll just do this. The parking thing, I did that. Uh, oh man, I, I got, I got, 
Well, some of this is old stuff. Some of this is stuff that I've already that I've already uh, talked about here on the podcast. That one's not funny. That's yeah. Okay, I'm looking at stuff. I guess I've talked about a lot of this on the podcast already. It's more just I I puffed it out a little bit. Uh, should the day ever come that I that I take this that I take this shit on the road, which is not likely to happen. But if I do, I have you know. I've got a you know a pretty good amount of material to work with. It just you know it just needs practice. So maybe maybe from now on every birthday boy podcast was just will just be me practicing for my stand up career and doing the same jokes every single week with no audience reaction. So I'll have no idea if they're working or not. Uh, paranoia about everything. What is this? Paranoia with everything. I can't accept that anything could go in my favor for long without something happening. Like, even when I'm on a job interview, uh, and I, what is this? Even when I'm on a job interview and I park my car at the train station 20 miles from the office where I'm interviewing, I feel like they have someone watching my every move, even from the train station. How does he park the car? Does he give up a seat on the subway for an old lady or children? How does he open the door when he gets to the office? How does he walk? Does he walk like an asshole? I seriously do. I'll walk up to, I, this is true, I will walk up, you know, if it's an interview in a big uh, corporate office somewhere, and I'll see, you know, 50 stories, uh, a 50-story tall building, and I'll think, oh, God, they're up there. They're looking at me. They know. They see me. They know it's me. They've, they've already made up their mind. They see how I walk. I walk like an asshole. They don't like my beard. They don't like my glasses. It's done. And then and then I and then I nail it and I get the job and then I honestly am waiting. I think I have this in here too. I feel like I'm in a mon- perpetually in a monkey cage. Every move is being analyzed and evaluated. Yeah, job interviews. Anything leading up to it. Yeah, how I parked the car. He parked under that tree. That's going to cost him some points. How I walk into the building. Yeah, I picture a panel of people in suits on the 37th floor with binoculars watching me approach the building. Did he jaywalk? Did he hold a door for someone? Was he too good for the revolving door? Instead of saving energy, he went through the uh, the push-pull door? I'm waiting for them to meet me in the lobby and say, Sir, your flippant use of the standard door says please conserve energy. That says please conserve energy and using the revolving door. Shows a blatant disregard for this company. Leave this building and this planet at once. Please leave. And then even when I get the job for the two weeks or whatever, leading up to the start of the job, I'm legitimately waiting for the hiring manager to show up on the first day when I come into the office and be like, Oh my God, you believe that? We were fucking with you, dude. (laughs) So wait, you quit your job at everything. You left your job. Because you thought you we actually were offering you this job? Holy shit. Hey, Gene, get a load of this asshole. This fucking guy actually thought we were serious when we offered him the job. What a prick. And he quit his last job. Ah, what an idiot. What an asshole. I think that every time. Every single time I get a new job, I think that that's what's going to happen on the first day. Every time. Am I the only one? I, I feel like everybody thinks that. I can't, it cannot just be me, but it's every time. And I think for sure I'm going to I'm going to walk in. Who's this old guy with a convertible? Who the hell? Who the hell invited him to this road, to this street? Ah, tis the season, the old man with the convertible. Uh, anyway, but yeah, that's what I, I you know, I'm going to walk in and they're going to be like, Oh my God, you're the fucking guy from the interview. We told you you got the job and you believed us. Hey, what an asshole. <laughs> you quit your last job. Oh, what a prick. What a loser.
<laughs> uh, speaking of that, uh, earlier I said giving up the uh, giving up the the, the the seat on the train. You know, uh, you know. I mentioned as as I'm as I'm being you know uh, as my paranoia just uh, devours me. And I feel like, okay, they're watching me. They're watching me park my car. Where? How do I park my car? What kind of shitty car do I drive? Do I, why did he park under that tree? Uh, is he getting on the train? Which seat is he choosing? How does he, is he sleeping on the train with his mouth open? What a fucking slob. Did he give up his train to an old lady or a child or an old man? The, giving up your seat on the train, uh, you know, on the subway to the elderly, to, you know, to somebody who, you know, whatever, they've got a mom with a newborn baby and she's just like, oh my God, or a pregnant woman, you know, that kind of thing. Somebody who, who certainly needs it. Okay. I can get behind that. I'm good with that. And, you know, I get up and I give my seat to kids. If there's kids on the train and people have given up their seats very generously and very willingly have given up their seats for my kids, which is very sweet. Uh, But why, why is that a thing? The old people, uh, you know, somebody who's, you know, they got crutches, uh, they're, they're carrying a baby, they're pregnant with a baby, they've, you know, some, 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 something that makes it like, okay, you deserve to sit more than I do. Uh, but why is it kids? Do we not give kids enough things? Are we not generous enough to them already? Aren't they resilient? Are these the same people who at age one, they climb out of their crib in the middle of the night, they thud onto the floor. They fall down every step in the house, land on a marble floor at the bottom. You leap out of your bed and yell, my baby, before arriving at the scene to find this little smiling beetle flailing their arms and legs, smiling like an asshole on the floor on their back. And, uh, you know, that's what, uh, look, I've never, my kid's never fallen down a flight of wooden stairs and land on a marble floor. It's uh, it's an exaggeration, I suppose. But you've heard, you know, in the middle of the night, you've got babies and you just hear like, and then you go in and they're just, you know, they're on the floor and that the little that little like diaper pajamas noise with their little arms and legs and they're smiling. They're so fucking happy and you're just like asshole stay in the crib. Um actually I don't even know if that I I truly don't think that ever happened ever to any of my kids. They never climbed out of their crib. Not that I can think of. I don't think they ever ever did. Hmm. I don't think so. I don't know. But anyways, you know, oh, and you say like, oh my God, what if the baby, what if they climb out of the crib? What if they fall? What if they fall off the thing? What if they, and you, you know, everybody says, oh, they're resilient. The kids are resilient. They're really resilient. They can fall. And that's what, the, you know, they were made a certain way that they have, uh, you know, they can fall on their head and it's fine. Which I think is like, that's a... Uh, okay, well, I'm going to pretend that they don't have any of that stuff and make sure my kids don't fall anywhere. But nevertheless, we say that the kids are resilient and all that shit, and now we have to give up our subway seats for them. Like, aren't they supposed to get, you know, if they're supposed to fall out of their crib and fall down the stairs and, oh, they're resilient, they're resilient, they got a, you know, they got a hard head, they were born that way with, you know, special heads, they were born with special, super special heads. And I'm like, okay. So why are we giving up our chairs for them on the train then? Because I don't have a very special head, and I'd rather sit in the seat that I that I earned through patience and timing and perseverance. I got this seat, and now and now there's a kid, and I'm just gonna get up and let this fuck have my seat. This child, aren't they supposed to get knocked around a little bit on the train? 
This is the kind of adventure that they crave. It's, it's like the bird feeder thing. We give the birds everything. They have everything, and then we give them more. And then the squirrel who has nothing, who's this little gray, rat-tailed, puffy-tailed fucker with nothing going on for him, we run out with a broom and start swinging at him as soon as they take a little little bit of that bird seed. And these fucking birds, they can... They can... They sing and they chirp, which is awful. And they've got, you know, luscious feathers and colors. And they have... They have the gift of flight! What do you... What is the thing that people say? Like, hey, would you rather have x-ray vision or the gift of flight? Like, whatever it is. X-ray vision, a million dollars, the gift of flight... Gift of flight is always in that thing, that fake uh, survey. What would you rather? What would you rather have? Because who wouldn't want to, like, when you're just standing there, and it's a bad conversation, and you can just flap your arms and be gone. Of course, if we all had the gift of flight, the person you're talking to could also flap his arms and follow you. But still, it's, a, it's, it's called the gift of flight. Not the curse of flight. The gift of flight. The birds have a gift of flight. And colors and singing and all the other bullshit. They can fly anywhere and do whatever they want. And then to reward them, we say, oh, you you birds really have it all. Well, here's some more free food for all of you. I bought this $100 a week I spend to feed you. Even though you're doing just fine on your own. And then these squirrels, they're gray, they're ugly, they're stupid. Uh, bushy tails, you know, which really is just a rat tail. You know, it's really just a puffy, puffy fur surrounding a disgusting rat tail is really what that is. Uh, you find a rotting corpse of a squirrel in the street and tell me that you can tell the difference between that fucker and a rat. Anyway, I'm all, I'm all fired up. I'm all fired up. Uh, anyways, uh, it, but it's the same thing. We, the, the birds have everything and then we give them more. It's like, it's like celebrities. The more money they make, the more free shit people just want to give them. At awards shows and talk shows and fans, like, just send them stuff. It's like, stop spending your money on celebrities. Stop spending your money on birds. Not that I want to feed squirrels either, but just let them have some fucking bird seed. Like, who are you? You're the asshole spending $100 a week on fucking giant sacks of food for birds. Ah, <sighs> So anyways, it's the same thing. So the bird feeder, we're giving, we're giving free shit to the wrong people. Birds and children should not be the recipients of our generosity and hard work. They've got enough already. They have it all. They have it all. They're kids. It's the greatest time to be alive when you're a kid. Birds, you fly. You can fly. That's it. It should end there. They have the gift of flight. They get nothing free from us. They get nothing. So I don't know. I don't know. But, I'm, but but that's the way it is. Uh, a child gets on, and you give me you give the fucker your seat, and now I'm standing there like an asshole, and the kid is in a nice. And then I'm just standing. That's the thing. Whenever you give up, whenever you give up your seat to a kid, you look down and you just see them sitting there, and it's just I, all I feel is just pure resentment. And usually the parents or the guardian, whoever is with these kids, will look at me and give a really heartfelt, like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I've done that, too, a million times. My kids, you know, somebody gives up a seat, and my kids take the seat. They don't need it. They can stand. They've, they've stood on the, on the subway a million times. They're fine. You know, we've rocked back and forth. Eh, it's a little adventure in life. No big deal. Nobody's gotten hurt. 
everybody's everybody's good and you get off the train it's all good so I get, I, you know, it's just this unwritten thing that we have to give our seats to children on the train. And so I get up, and then the kid's sitting there, and I'm just, I'm just staring at this child, this poor innocent child. And uh, they didn't ask for the seat. They didn't demand the seat. They didn't stick a gun to my head and say, give me that seat, asshole. No, they just got on the train, and I gave them the seat because it's, you know, it's what you do in society. It's what you do in train society, in subway society. Uh, but then I stand there with my with my hand on that disgusting metal pole, gathering up all the COVID germs. Well, I haven't. It's been a while. Well, no, actually, no. I was on the subway back in February, but I lived. I, I think. I, I think if I, if I got COVID from the subway in February, I would have. I would know by now. I think. I think February was the last time. Maybe March. Eh, it was early March. Either way, uh, it was a long enough ways back that. Uh, the subway did not give me the COVID. I'm sure the subway has given me a million other disgusting illnesses that I've had over the years, but uh, but no COVID. So, actually, I don't know that. There's a good fucking chance that I did have COVID back in January and February. Do you remember how I sounded? Go back and listen to those podcasts, and I'm wheezing and I'm coughing, and it's just it doesn't go away. And then when it does, it comes back like a week later. I probably I've probably had it like three times already. And the same with the rest of my family. What do I know? I didn't get COVID from the subway. I probably fucking did. It was probably one of the times I got up so that some child could sit in a chair. And then I put my hand on the disgusting thing. Even though I do, I sanitize. Anytime I have to touch that disgusting pole on the train, I always have hand sanitizer with me. But it's not enough. It's not enough. I just know it's not enough. No matter how much I put on. And I do the, you know, if it's 20 seconds, 30 seconds, it doesn't matter. I just, it doesn't matter. You're fucked. Because the breath and all the people, you're right there. You're just right there. And it's not so bad when you're sitting because you're not near everybody's face. And then when you get up to the standing position to give some fucking kid your seat, and then you're now you're in, like, you're in breath. You're in, you're in like, the Times Square of breaths on the train. It's just the, going all directions always. You can't avoid it. It's everywhere. What am I? What was I talking about? So anyway, yeah, the kid. I, I stare at these kids. I give them my seat on the train, and then I just, I just stand. I stand there and I stare at them the whole time, just shaking my head like you motherfucker. That's my that's my goddamn seat. You you ungrateful prick. You ungrateful son of a bitch. That was my seat. Now it's yours. And that's it. That's just the way it is. I'm just, I'm, now I'm the one standing here like an asshole. I worked for that seat. You didn't, and you have it. I worked for my money. The birds didn't. And now they have bird food. How many, what's the industry? What's birds? Let me look that up right now. Because that's what I need is more bad news in my life. Bird seed industry. Does it tell you? Does it say? Five. Oh. Oh. Blah, 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 blah. Really? Five billion? Five billion dollars is the bird seed industry is five billion billion with a B. Dollars. Oh, that's all I need to know. I'm. I've seen enough. I. I shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't. Shouldn't have did that. Oh. <sighs>
I'm I'm actually I'm fanning myself right now because that's five billion dollars we spend on fucking bird seed. Are you crazy? Well, at least there are no starving children on this planet. <laughs> Gotta feed those birds, right, Mary Poppins? You fuck. <sighs> I blame her. I blame Mary Poppins. What else? Uh. Oh, yeah, you know... No, I'm not gonna... That's a stupid joke. What else? I had something else. Multi-syllable, got that... Uh, did I tell this story? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell. I'll tell one more story, and then I'm out of here. That's enough. I gotta go. I gotta go. Cause I'm losing it. I'm. I'm just thinking about birds and kids on subways, and uh, and five billion dollars. Five, five billion dollars for just fucking sacks of garbage that these fucking beaked pieces of shit take without so much as a thank. You know what the thanks is? Hey, asshole, it's 4.15. <laughs> That's the thanks. God, I can't wait for winter. Ugh, no bugs. No birds. No nothing. Just cold. Darkness. And silence. Those are, the, those are like the three greatest... Those are the three greatest things to experience in this life. Cold. Dark. Coldness. Darkness. Coldness? Cold, darkness, and... Si I almost said science. Silence. Ah, oh, isn't that the best? Standing in the middle of a... A snow-covered field. <laughs> In the middle of the night, and there's just nothing. You can just, you know, maybe you, you hear the howling of wolves in the background, as I used to hear in my childhood home, which you know was kind of out in the country-ish, sort of, you know, so just right on the right on the very edge of the suburbs and the farm country. And uh, I'd stand in that backyard, and there was a farm just across, just through the the woods and the creek, and uh, and on the other side of that was a farm. And oftentimes you'd get the smell of that fucking cow shit, which was not so hot. But honestly, if I smelled it now, it'd probably it'd probably bring me back to childhood, and it would the smell of manure would actually make me happy in an odd way. Uh, but I, you know, I'd stand in the middle of the stand in the middle of the backyard in that cold, snow-covered field, staring up at the crisp, clear night sky, stars twinkling. Just all I could hear is the wind whipping, and then occasionally, but there would be like a dozen of them. It was wonderful, and I thought, like, oh yeah, that's Satan. Is that you? <laughs> is that you, my dark lord? Oh my god. Yeah, I don't think he'd want anything to do with me. He'd be like, you're you're kind of an asshole. We're just fine as as we are down here. You stupid asshole. Uh, oh, yeah, the story. Yeah, okay. I'll tell this story. So, <clears throat> I gotta... I don't know how to lead into this story. I think it's a funny story. Mm. Need that water. So, my dad... 
Uh, he was a science teacher for 30 some odd years. He retired and pretty much immediately became a priest. Like, I think actually he was ordained like two weeks before the school year ended, the year that he retired. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he had, he had several different churches. He would go to one and then, you know, when they needed him and he'd go to another and he had some that were his own and, you know, he did a great job. And then he kind of officially retired from that a few years ago. And now he, you know, he enjoys himself. He's like full on retired and he's having a great time, uh, as is my mom. But uh, it's great because, you know, a lot of people, you know, you go to the church and you see the priest and you think like, ah, you know, he's, he's, the, he's a man of the cloth. He doesn't do, he, you know, he has no, no flaws, no sins, all that, stuff, all that bullshit. And uh, so, of course, it was always funny, like, because he wasn't. He wasn't like Father John to me. He was my dad. So when he, you know, I grew up hearing him like swear and just, you know, be a guy. And so when he had that collar on and the suit and everything, the priests, you know, the priests, the, the vestments and that kind of thing, it just, it made me laugh because occasionally I would see him, you know, if he was coming home from church or on his way to go out to church, I would see him and, you know, he'd be, he'd be talking to me and he would, you know, he'd just kind of casually swear and that kind of thing. And I never thought anything of it before. But once he put that priest collar on, it became really funny. When he would start to, when he would, when he would be, he'd be holding like, a, I don't know if it was like a Bible or a prayer book or something in his hands. Would, would it be the, would it have been the Bible? No, I think it was a prayer book. The book with the cross on it. I think that's the prayer book. Maybe it's a Bible. Some fucking book with a cross. Anyway, he'd hold that thing. And he'd have the collar on. And all of a sudden, after hearing my dad swear like my whole life, and now I'm hearing him swear, and he's got that priest collar on, and it's just a million times better. There's nothing there's nothing better than like suddenly your dad's swearing, but he's but now he's a priest. And that makes it really funny. That makes it to me really funny. I remember he came home one time and I was like it was the summer vacation or something, and I was about to start school. I don't know. And he's got his priest collar on. And, uh, I don't know, somebody, we had a hot tub and somebody didn't put the hot tub cover. They didn't lock it. They, or there was, a, there was a, a fold and, a, you know, some of the air, you know, some of the hot, the heat from the hot tub was escaping. So it's a, yeah, it's something that any dad would see or any, any normal human being would see it and they would get upset and they would start swearing. But when he's got this priest collar on and the, the black suit and everything like that and the, and the prayer book or the Bible or whatever, you know, the, the cross book in his hand, God damn it. Son of a bitch! Ah, uh, who left the, who left the goddamn hot tub open? <laughs> it made me laugh. It always made me laugh. Uh, but the best, I wasn't there for this. But he had some kind of like during the week. He one of the churches that he had, they would do like a like a like a five o'clock. Uh, you know, you do the prayer thing, and that's fun. And then I, I don't know, fun is whatever. You, you know, you have a church service, and uh, I think it was for people, I don't know what the hell it was for. Uh, anyways, it was for people who wanted more church, because Sunday's not enough. Because, you know, taking up your whole Sunday when you can be, like, sleeping, watching cartoons, watching football, uh, you know, just relaxing, you know, one of the two whole days of the week that you get to actually just kind of veg out and relax, and you're getting up early to go out in the freezing cold to get to your church at 9 o'clock in the morning, you know, like you're commuting to work. It's like, hey, 
we could take two days to not have to get up and get dressed and shower and put on a tie and go someplace and have to socialize with people that we don't really like. We do that. We do that Monday through Friday. We could uh, we could take these two days and not do any of that at all. Actually, you know what? Let's take Sunday and do the same shit. Let's do even more of that. Only there will be singing and the songs will all be terrible and organs will be playing. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so, uh, yeah, so I guess this, this thing that he did like on a Thursday, it was like this church service he did on a Thursday because, you know, Sunday's not enough. Uh, let's do, Hey, in addition to getting up Sunday as though we're going to work and getting a shower and getting a suit and a tie and our dresses and all this stuff and going out in the cold at eight 30 in the morning to commute to the church. Uh, let's also do it on Thursday night after work. So we'll, we'll, we'll have a day where we have work and church in the same day. We'll come home from work, and instead of just going home to relax, I, I, I'll go to church. Oh, great, because after all, it is, it's it's three whole days until the next time I get to be in church, so now I have a Thursday church. Anyways, I don't know what the point was, but people liked it, and they went to this church service. That's great. And then after the church service, it wasn't super long. It was 30 minutes, 40 minutes, I don't know. And they'd go to the church service. My grandma would go with my mother. You know, I dropped in occasionally. I would get, you know, free food. That was nice. And then I'd get the fuck out of there so I wouldn't have to talk to all the people. You know, because everybody comes up to you. They come up to you as though you have not met your own dad. And they're like, oh, your father, John's son. You know, just like that fucking guy on Facebook, uh, the, the gym guy privately messaging me to tell me that I should appreciate my parents as though I'm like, Oh, oh should I? Thank you. Thanks for the, thanks for the note. I'll write that down. Uh, so these church people come up and they're like, Oh my, your father, I don't think you understand how wonderful he is. He's one. Do you know this? Do you even know how wonderful he is. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking, you know, I've met him, actually, believe it or not. I met him a, a couple times over the last, like, 30-some-odd years. Yeah, I've gotten, to, I've gotten to know him pretty well, actually. Uh, so I would try to get the fuck out of there. It's not that I disagree. It's that the people, it's the presentation of what they're saying, you know, it was like, ah, oh, man, your dad, I love him. He's the greatest. And I would be like, ah, oh, yeah, me, uh, he's just, he's awesome. He's just, he's the man. I love him too. I love him to death. He's just the coolest guy. He's, uh, you know, he's my dad. He's the greatest. That's, that's one way to present it. You, you approach the person as though they know already because they do. And you come up and you say like, oh my God, oh, your father, John's kid. Oh, awesome. Yeah, man. I just, I gotta tell you, I love your dad. He's, he's the great. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. No, they would come up to me as though they were presenting me with information that I didn't already have. And they'd be like, do you, and almost like shaming me because I wasn't, you know, oh, do you, do you know how wonderful your father is? Do you even know it? And I'd be like, yes, I gotta go. Hold on there, young man. Do you have any idea how good a person he is? Do you even care? I'm like, well, I'm standing here. 
I'm standing here talking to you, and it's not that great. So I obviously I must care about him an awful lot to go through this kind of torture uh, to be around him. So yeah, I think I do. I think I know the guy. I think I've met him, like I said, a time or two. Yes, but do you understand how wonderful do you even know him at all? I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm made from his semen. So yeah, I have an idea. I, I, I do. I actually know a little bit about him, but thank you. Thank you for just coming up and yelling at me. You're just, yeah, these women would just come up and they would just start yelling at me. Usually the dudes were cool. They'd come up and be like, oh, man, uh, so nice to meet you. I just, I think your dad's just such a great guy. And he's, he's just he's such a great part of this church. We're so happy to have him. And I'd be like, ah, oh, that's, that's so great to hear. He loves it. He loves it here. He loves you guys. That's really, that's really very sweet. I really appreciate that. And I know he does too. That would be the conversation with most of the dudes. And then, and then the broads, <laughs> and then the broads, the, the, the women would come up and yeah, be like, young man, do you have any idea what your father means to me? I'm like, yeah, you don't have to yell at me. I do. You think I, you think I show up here because we're estranged because I don't know anything about him? You think I just wandered in here and like, holy shit, this happens to be the church where my dad is? I can't believe yeah, I'm here because I want to like spend time with the guy, even with you shitheads. Right? Because yeah, I fucking know. Again, again, I'm. Yeah. <sighs> Do you have any idea what you? Do you even know anything? Yes, thank you. I do. Oh, is he? Is he wonderful? Because I never. Yeah, you're telling me this for the first time. Or you're certainly acting like it, so that's appreciated, you fuck. <sighs> and then, yeah, and then some guy would come up and be like, oh, man, your dad, ah, he's the great. I just love him. I love him so much. He's so great. I'd be like, ah, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Me too, obviously. He's my dad. I love him to death. He's the greatest. And we'd have a nice little chat. And then and then some old blue-haired broad would be like, Oh, do you have any idea who your father is? Do you ever even appreciate it at all, you prick? And that's, that's how I go. Anyways, so this Thursday thing was a lot of fun to go to and be approached, be accosted, really, by these old church ladies yelling at me, yelling at me how much, my, uh, how great my dad was and how terrible I was because... According to them, I, I it's like, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, so there was this one time, and I wasn't there. I wish I was. Uh, so I mentioned they'd do the church service, and then they'd have a little dinner afterwards, which was nice. And it's the usual thing. You know, people would volunteer, I guess, and bring something. You know, usually church-type food, those, you know, casserole bullshit things. Um, you know, something, something that involves, like, return the plate to when you're done. Return my, that's my serving dish. God, these people. Oh, that's <laughs> one of the many, many, many reasons why I'm not a, not a church guy. <laughs> I liked going to hear my dad give a sermon because he, he gave great fucking phenomenal sermons. Really smart, funny, you know, not preachy actually, which was really good. But yet at the same time. Very preachy, just like sneaky preachy. It's great, giving you a great lesson, a great you know thing to you know wisdom to learn, live your life a certain way. It's nice. 
and he would do it in such a smart way that you're just you know you think you're getting this great story but then you're like ah oh, that's that's smart that's a, that's a good way to live uh, but then yeah it's the people cuz people are the fucking worst and so <clears throat> yeah so i didn't particularly love don't particularly love going to get accosted by people to give me their you know their opinion on things Although maybe I should start going so I can advertise for the Birthday Boy podcast in the church bulletin. Because I think and they, I think the, the church-going people should start with this particular episode. I think they'd find this a really enjoyable. Anyways. <laughs> Shout out to the old ladies at uh, St. George's. <laughs> ah, so, this one Thursday, you know, my dad's doing his thing. He's got the service. Church has begun. And it was a pretty big church. You know, they had all the good, the technology with the, the wireless mic and everything, the whole speaker surround system and all that nice stuff. And then off to the side, there was, you know, it was the kitchen and then the, the dining hall area and all that stuff, which was rather large. Pretty impressive place, I guess. And, uh, yeah, so we did this Thursday thing. And uh, whatever the food, whoever was in charge of it, it was uh, it was a big. I think maybe my parents were in charge of. It was a big giant pot of of chili, and uh, I think my mom made. And she brought this pot, and the thing was like, okay, well she she cooked it at home, and then uh, bring the pot and put it in the kitchen and put it on the stove and turn the stove on a low heat and just let it kind of simmer so it can stay nice and hot, uh, but not burn down the place. And so that way, when church is over, you can take it right from the stove, slop it into everybody's bowls, and they just uh, they slurp up their chili, and then that's it. Everybody's happy. And then if I show up, they can come and accost me in the lobby and tell me what a prick I am, uh, because I'm you know I'm a prick. So, so, so in the middle of the of the service. It was a, you know, a moment of, it might have been, well, no, it wasn't communion because my dad would have had to give communion. And it was a silent something. Maybe it was just a song or a silent prayer. It was some moment of silence. My dad took a few seconds to just run just down the steps, uh, through the little door, into the hallway, into the kitchen, and just check. You know, he all he was going to do was just stir the chili. Just go in, grab the wooden spoon, stir the chili a little bit so it didn't burn. Great run back in, finish up the church service. So he goes in, he goes in, and he finds the chili. He leaves, they're doing the silent prayer, you know, I, what I, which I would imagine, even though this is not accurate at all, this is what I always picture. It's just, uh... Yeah. So this is happening. My dad says, okay, I'm going to make a quick uh, quick break from it. Be back in about 90 seconds. Just going to run down the hall. Give the old uh, chili a few uh, a few counterclockwise. And uh, and then come back and we'll wrap, wrap things up and go eat some chili. And uh, so he steps out for a second. And the Gregorian chant continues, as is the case in all Episcopal churches, of course. And so uh, he steps out. It's not, oh good thanks phone thanks for fucking ruining that idiot. So he runs down the hall, goes to the kitchen, lifts the lid off the thing, chili on the stove, and there's no steam coming off it at all. Nothing. 
dips his finger in and it's like ice cold because somebody came in and turned off the stove. So now he's got to turn the stove on. So he sees this chili and realizes they're like 15 minutes away from dinner and they've got ice cold chili. So he's got a room temperature chili. It's really, so he has to turn the thing back on. So, so he gets, he enters the kitchen and he realizes that the chili has not been, it's not been heating. It's cold. And so all of a sudden he sees it and he goes, he goes, ah, oh, shit. God damn it. God damn it. Jesus. Damn mother of shit. Fuck. Damn fucking Christ shit. Fuck. All right. Maybe, maybe not quite to that extent, but he said, he said, a sh you know, there was definitely a shit and a damn in there somewhere. And I've, ad I've, I've added to it a little bit. You know, much like the chili, I've added a few of my own little herbs and spices to just, yeah, to, to spice it up a little bit. So he sees this chili that's not uh, not at all ready to be served. It needs to be warmed, and he's like, God damn fucking shit! Shit fuck! Son of a fuck! Mother shit! Of course, what he forgot to realize was that I, I mentioned that the church has a wireless microphone system and speakers... And uh, the range is pretty good on those babies. They spared no expense for this sweet setup. Uh, so even though he's nowhere near the, the altar area, he's not even in the church itself, he's down the hall in the kitchen, uh, he's broadcasting just as clearly as I'm broadcasting to you right now. As everybody's sitting there, they see Father John leave. Nice, quiet prayer. Fuck! Fucking goddamn shit! Fuck! So everybody heard it. <laughs> heard old Father John blasting, blasting his uh, his George Carlin routine on the uh, on the PA system in the church. Uh, but it was it was actually pretty good because uh, evidently everybody came up to him afterwards and he apologized profusely and said, "Oh man, I'm so sorry. That was." Uh, you know, somebody left the chili. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't leave the chili uh, simmering. They turned off the burner, and uh, uh, you know, I just to to which I'm like, to me, I said so. So the, this this off the charts level of rain rage, and almost hypnotic profanity was because chili was just slightly lukewarm on a stove. You had a pot filled with meat and beans that was room temperature and needed to be warmed for several minutes and that's what led into this tirade of profanity in your in your holy vestments <laughs> your, your robes and sashes uh, and uh, but that's you know that's uh you know chip off the old block I guess what can I say because I see something uh, you know I see, I hear a bird chirping and I start swearing like that. So, uh, yeah. And everybody seemed to enjoy it. And they said, Hey, this is actually pretty good. We, uh, we like our priests to be human beings because they are human beings. Well, except for the little, uh, the ones that diddle all those kids, but that's the Catholic church. That's the good news. Come to the Episcopal church. I think that's, I think that's what they say now. The Episcopal church. We don't diddle your kids like those Catholics. I think that's the that's the official saying. Yeah, no diddling. 
I can assure you, I was never diddled. No diddling. Uh, anyway. Alright. Let's, uh, let me, let me, let me wrap up shop. Let me wrap up shop on the birthday podcast. Be right back. It's the end of the show, and it's time for me to go. That's the end of the Birthday Boy Podcast, and it's gonna be back again. But don't get too upset, it'll be here soon enough, my friend. Alright. <laughs> I think I, I think I'm gonna do a cliffy call. I never want to. I swear to Christ, I just don't. I used to do these in the car on my way to work when I had like hours and hours of time to kill and just nowhere to go and nothing to do. So I just had this backlog of cliffy calls because I would just do them while I'm sitting there in traffic. But now I, you know, I got other shit going on, and so it's like to me now it's just like this huge chore. But but I do it. I do it for you. I do it for you. The little people. Oh, man. So I mentioned it was Double J and Nate's birthday a couple weeks ago. Superfan Dumas uh, recently celebrated a birthday. So happy birthday, Dumas. I hope you had a spectacular day. I hope it, all your birthday dreams came true. Happy birthday, Dumas. I hope it was a nice time. Hope you had... Some cake and some ice cream. Some coconut cream pie. I hope that you had some chocolate chip cookies from Lakeside Farms as well. Happy birthday for me, your old pal, the birthday boy. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, we're really we're cooking with gas tonight. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, you know, do all the shit on a five-star. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. This was great. I had, f I had a, f uh, on, on Apple Podcasts, this was what a surprise. Every once in a while, I check to see. So I now have 11 five-star ratings. 11, wow. And on July 12th, Padre John, 1946, five stars, and wrote, wow, brilliant. Birthday boy must have an incredible genealogy. <laughs> and then his, his usual trademark brand of heart emojis and smiley face emojis and laughing emojis and all the emojis. I like that this track just automatically starts up. It's good. Uh, so yeah, so speaking of Father John, Padre John, that's my dad. Let leave him, my own dad left me a five star review. Uh, I'm glad he did it before this episode. 
Uh, Dad, if you did listen to this episode, I hope you liked it. I wasn't making fun of the church or of you. I was just telling a great story. And, uh, you know, I don't particularly love the people from your church, but I, you know, but I think you're the best. Anyways, <laughs> don't, re don't retract my five-star review if you listen to this episode. All right, it's time to go. Leave a five-star review if you haven't on Apple Podcasts. Listen on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Uh, what's the other one? Spotify, birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com if you want to write something and, uh, you know, maybe, hey, maybe you'll get your email read on the air. You definitely will because I have nothing else to do. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it. I, that's it. Okay. Have a great week. Uh, enjoy this horrible, hot, humid weather that's coming. And uh, try not to get the COVID. You know, that's it. That's all I can tell you. Whatever. Okay, we'll see you next time here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. What's that? You want to hear some more singing? I suppose I can do that because you come here for the singing and my jokes, all the funny jokes and the stories about the things that I've done in my life and some of those things are a little far-fetched but all of it's true at least various elements of those things <laughs> all right that's it uh positivity is so stupid it really is it's just idiotic uh but but kindness matters kindness does matter you know that right kindness matters yeah okay like letting a child have a seat on the train. Just so kind. It's a kind thing to do. It's a nice thing to do. You feel so good about yourself. Yeah, right. That's a line of bullshit. Anyway. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back here next time on the Old Birthday Boy Podcast. I, I, I hope you liked it. I don't know. Whatever. Here comes a cliffy call. And uh, that's it. So it's time to say goodbye from the Birthday Boy Podcast Studios. See you next time on another episode of the show. Later, Gators. Yes, yeah, yeah, Cliffy. Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff, Cliff. It's been quite a long time. I hope you can give me a call at your earliest convenience, Cliff. This is your Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Please give me a call back. There's something I wish to discuss with you, Cliffy. You see, uh, recently it's come to my attention that you've received a few phone calls from your Uncle Dental Cliff, as well as Cliffy Cheeseburgers, and your Auntie Cliff. Regarding a, uh, a few different things, uh, of course there's some little family controversy over the name of Dental Cliff's dental office called Mouth Pleasures, and your Auntie Cliff wanting to open her cigarette shop called Mouth Pleasures. And of course, Cliffy Cheeseburgers has his uh, similarly titled computer repair shop called Mouse Pleasures. Well, Cliff, not to add fuel to this fire, but I was really just hoping to be only a few months away from opening my, uh, my gourmet oatmeal restaurant. As you know, uh, the OatK Corral closed down due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the global pandemic, Cliff. Have you heard about this thing? It's, it's really something, Cliff. It's taken out virtually every oatmeal restaurant in town. So it's with a heavy heart that I inform you that officially the Oatcake Corral 
no longer exists, Cliffy. However, I did want to call with some good news, because you see, I've, I've decided to go into business. I'm going to buy the Oatgay Corral, and I was hoping to open it up under a brand new name called Mouth Pleasures, Cliff. I wanted to open up my very own gourmet oatmeal restaurant called Mouth Pleasures, because of course, what else happens when you take that delicious piping hot spoonful of all-natural grainy goodness called oatmeal and put it in your mouth. Well, it's a mouth pleasure, Cliff, and I have nothing but mouth pleasures when I have a delicious mouthful of oats. Delicious, sweet oats, Cliff. Nature's candy. However, your Uncle Dental Cliff told me that he would take me to court if I dared open up my oatmeal restaurant under the name of Mouth Pleasures. Of course, I don't see what the problem is. Why can't multiple Mouth Pleasures exist in the same town? I don't see what the big deal is. In fact, there were two Oatkay Corrals owned by two totally separate groups of people, and they got along just fine other than the fact that they're both out of business. But nevertheless, that's where I was going to come in and offer the entire town mouth pleasures. Mouth pleasures in the form of delicious oats, Cliff. Of course, if your uncle has his way, mouth pleasures will never see the light of day. And that would be tragic if I do say so myself. Of course, your auntie, Cliff, has been a, more, a little more colorful with her description of what will happen. I don't know that she'd take me to court, but she did say she was going to take my oatmeal spoon, my patented wooden oatmeal spoon, and stick it so far up where the sun don't shine that I was going to look like I had a turtle's tail. I don't exactly understand what that means, but I'm also hoping to not find out. That Auntie Cliff sure is a character, Cliff. She sure is a character. In any event, Cliff, I hope that you can talk to your Auntie Cliff and your Uncle Dental Cliff and try to persuade them to uh, let me use the name Mouth Pleasures. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if we had three Mouth Pleasures in this town, Cliff? You sure would love multiple mouth pleasures, wouldn't you, Cliffy? I know I would. In fact, I could go for some mouth pleasures right now. I wish my oatmeal restaurant was open so I could offer mouth pleasures to you and to your aunties and uncles and to the entire town, Cliff. I just want to give mouth pleasures to everyone with my oatmeal. Well, anyways, Cliff, give me a call. It's your Uncle Cliff, Cliff. I haven't talked to you in a very long time, and I would like to discuss mouth pleasures at great length with you, Cliffy, and I'm sure you'd love to discuss mouth pleasures with me. In fact, I can't think of a better way to spend my Friday night than talking about mouth pleasures with my beloved nephew. Anyways, Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, Cliff, so we can sit down and talk about mouth pleasures. Talk to you soon, Cliff. Bye, Cliff.